ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the great Scott Show. Joining me now in studio, my friend Troy Wingerter, Director of Football Operations for Louisiana Ragin Cajuns, also known as Cajun Coach, also known as Yeg. I'm sorry. You know what? I messed up. Dr. Winker. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. I know. I mean it. I need, I need to, I, it's, I need to, uh, you start working on that. Dr. Winker. Good morning. How are you? It's a lot of syllables, you know, coach is a single, you know, monosyllabic word. And then, you know, Troy, coach Troy, most of the kids, that's what you get, what you get out of them. But doctor kind of, kind of throws folks off a little bit. Does anyone call you Dr. Winker? Oh yeah. Like people that have known you. Before no, the PhD, no, no one. The only person that was required to by law was my wife. She had to call me Doctor Babe for a day <laughs> after I after I got the degree. But uh, but but you know, for the most part, most I, I've had more more former players call me up and say, "I'm not going to call you Doctor." And look, I, that, look, I my my favorite saying that I've used lately, especially as it relates to some of the kids and some of the kids that have known me for a while, be like Coach Wingard. I mean. Dr. Winger, I'm like, look, it took me a lot longer and I'm more proud of being called coach than I am being called doctor. You know, one's a degree, one's a lifestyle. Coach know? doctor. There you go. I'm going to roll coach doctor. <laughs> coach doctor. 21 after the hour. Troy's in the studio to talk about a number of things. Obviously, Rage Cage of football. Um, I know Coach Napier spoke to us last week. He mentioned the newcomers come on and then they get drafted by right. some of the, the the veteran players. We'll get into that in a moment. Um, coming up in two days, there is a, a youth case that I know it's, from what I understand, it's free. Yeah. So what happened, you know, our focus, the university's fo- excuse me, let me, let me, let me, let me digress a little bit. The, the country's focus on camps has been really recruiting that before this year where we were able to implement what's called an IPE, uh, which is a brand new little mechanism the NCAA put in place that basketball has been using for a couple of years. Uh, the camp was the only way that you could get kids and and do any kind of put them through the the, the instructional aspect of things to get a great evaluation of them. They were going to do all of the, the movements that you needed to see to determine whether or not they would be a part of your program. And so that's been our big focus, uh, uh, being able to 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 use that tool in recruiting to to evaluate student athletes. That that is that is the sole focus. So especially G five schools that don't have a a a huge you know uh, uh, group of coaches that can go ahead and run that run that youth camp separately. The youth camp is something that's kind of gone away. And you know, in in our conversations with people in the administration, we felt like that it was something that we wanted to hold on to. It was something that we felt like we needed to give back to the community. Um, I never wanted there to be youth growing up, not knowing what it was like to run down on Cajun Field prior to being in a position to make the choice to go down on Cajun Field or, or to come to a game. So, uh, you know, Coach Napier made the decision uh, two years ago that, that no matter what, we were going to have a youth showcase. And and not only that, but it was going to be available to everyone. Because when we had camps previously, you know, in order to make it, you know, to, to not make it, for to not be cost prohibitive, we had to, we had to charge a lot of money. It was a hundred and something dollars. And, you know, that was, that didn't necessarily meet for the, for the, for the, for the entire city. A lot of people had difficulties meeting that dollar amount. So uh, our goal was to be able to, to, to find a way to, to fund underprivileged youth to be able to come as well. And then um, we ran into some administrative issues with that, with, with that in the state and stuff and, and them not, that's a long story, but long and the short of it is we said, okay, well then it's free. 
We're not going to charge. Our guys are going to make sure. So uh, our, our coaches are going to, who are some phenomenal men, you know, I, 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 that's the highest compliment I can give uh, a, a coach is it's about all about what kind of a man you are. And uh, I say the same thing about uh, Coach Hightower and those guys over at St. Thomas More. I love the fact that my son is around them all the time because he's a great man and he's got good people around him. But I'll say the same thing about our guys. You know, our coaching staff's phenomenal people. They're, they're, they're really good coaches, but they're phenomenal people. And, I, and I, I love the idea of these kids getting a chance to spend some time with our coaches, to get some chance to spend some time with our players. Because that that's a that's one of the fun parts about my job is is watching. We just finished a huge macro internship in the month of, in the month of May. We had about forty guys who who worked out in the community. You know that that's a that's a that's a two hour conversation you and I could have. But the end result, what, I, what I, my point of that is, um, our watching these in the, these people who do these internships come back and go, wow, what a phenomenal young man. You know, uh, who, who was it the other day? Oh, it was um, uh, uh, Todd Landry. Uh, Max Max Mitchell did his internship with him. He's like, what an incredible young you know, human being. What a great kid, you know? So I love it when people see that. And I want the, these youth to see the same thing. These aren't just guys on the field. There's so often that you only get a chance to see that snapshot of, of your hero that's on the field and the guys that are doing great things on the field. You 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 make an assumption based on what you see on the field and maybe not how that person is, is as a human. Walked away after meeting Levi and Lewis, goes, holy cow, what a phenomenal kid. But you don't get that from just watching them on the field. So getting a chance for these kids to come down, like I said, it's free of charge. Uh, we'll do registration at 4 o'clock on Thursday. If we have 500 people, we have 500 people. I don't care. Uh, but what we'll do is do a registration. We'll do a quick tour of the facility for those kids who haven't had a chance to see what we have. Uh, they'll get it, And then they'll get a chance to come down. I think our players are going to wrap up OTAs around 5 o'clock. So once they wrap up uh, OTAs, uh, we'll let those kids run out on the field. We'll let them run out the run out of the uh, the, the big raging Cajun tarp, and uh, and get a chance to hang out with our players and do drills and 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 play with our with our with our current players. Uh, Troy Wingerter, I guess. So what 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 age range here? What are we talking? You know, it, it, while it is from uh, I think I think our our, our number was uh, second grade to eighth grade. We use cat that because that's when guys are starting. Kids are starting to get involved in football. You know, that was an age group that we, we've, we've been using for a while. It's kind of something that we're, we're tied into as far as uh, insurance, et cetera. But I know that for an eighth grader, it might not be something he wants to do. He wants to go to a camp. He wants to go and learn techniques and drills and stuff. And he'll get an opportunity to do some of that. But it, it does cater a little bit more to the younger, to the younger set. They parents drop them off. Do they wait for them? Like, how long are we talking? So registration at four, and then when does it get started? Right. So, you know, the, the irony is that we're a little bit, it's not ironic, it's kind of sad, but we're still in that gray COVID piece. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? While, uh-huh. while, while we're, we're letting go of a lot of, a lot of pieces of it, uh, we still have some restrictions. So, like, this past weekend with the camp that we had, uh, we had about 200 kids come out for our satellite, I mean, for our, 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 our prospect camp. We were not allowing parents into the indoor facility because it was an indoor practice. Just like because of numbers, we're not going to really be able to allow parents to come with their kids to experience this. Now, they can go into the stadium and wait for them to come out. So, you know, right now we'll start registration at four. We'll put all the kids. The kids will go into the auditorium so they can watch a video while we're finishing up registration. And then about 4.15, we'll do a, a facility tour, show them around. Uh, that that normally takes about forty minutes. So by, by the time we do that and then start working walking down the tunnel, uh, it'll be about four fifty five. Like I said, OTA is in around five. 
So around 4.55, we'll get those kids lined up in the tunnel. Now, if parents want to go into the stadium, and we're going to give that information on Thursday, and watch their kid come out of the stadium, that's an entirely different ball. That's not a problem whatsoever. But it's the close quarters of being Now, indoors. where do they sign up? At Cajun Field? At Cajun Field, yes. So that, that, the sign-up will be in the, audit, in the uh, lobby area. Whoop. We'll be in the lobby area of the uh, SAPC, uh, student athlete perform- the Mosing Student Athlete Performance Center. Right. So it's kind of between, like, on the side of it's – if you're thinking of, like, Cajun Field and, like, the tennis courts and, and, and Russo Park, it's back up in there. Yeah, all those people that used to cut through Reinhardt Drive on the way to work so they wouldn't have to drive around do that, that are now upset about that building being the middle. Well, that building you run into is which one we're talking about. It's been there for a while, man. It's, yeah, 2015. Uh, I was talking to, to – to Bab, uh, associate head baseball coach Anthony Babino, a lot over the last couple months because it was baseball season, and uh, you know, similar to you, he's he's been there while we we're talking about how much you've seen change, right? Right, the facilities and from a baseball standpoint, what it is now compared to when he played and when he first started coaching. I mean, Troy, just it's crazy to think of all the football changes from the time you played to coaching to. Ricky to Mark to Billy, but just when you look back at, I remember when the when the, when the SPA, you know, when the when the indoor facility just first got put up, it was like, right. look at the size of that. That's looks it, really good. I can't believe. it. And then you go now and you see so much more things just being built over there. It's lots happened in the last, but yeah. like it has to because if you're not moving forward, then you're not keeping up in the world of college athletics. You know, I, when you look at that um, that indoor facility, clearly it was well ahead of its time. It was one of Doctor Audemars. I don't want to say his finest achievements, but it was one of those things, one of those arm twisters that I'm really glad that we had a chance. It, it was kind of out of character for him to to say, wow, okay, let's do it. Uh, there were other pieces of the puzzle, like we're going to get the turf for free, that kind of thing. But um, the SAPC was, you know, it was crazy the way that kind of came about. It started out as just a conversation. One day, Rusty Witt, we were lifting in the indoor, and the kids could not run. It was lightning outside. So they wouldn't allow our kids to run across the street with lightning going on because of the lightning, obviously. So we couldn't get a run in. So what it was the what was the use of having an indoor practice facility if you're not going to be able to get in there when the lightning's outside? So he had he and I had discussed it and gone outside and he had talked to a few people about putting a little small weight room, just a small weight room on inclement weather days where they could potentially lift, get a workout in, and uh, and then go into the indoor. And so I was like, look, I don't know anything about anything. Let me ask, I know that you have when you have a building that has a name on it, you have to ask the guy with the name on it. We had a conversation with Charlie Monclaw, and Mr. Charlie said, you know, babe, babe, he, he likes to say that, babe. He goes, you're missing the point. He goes, why ask for something so big when you pay twice as much and get it twice as big? <laughs> and so <laughs> in the end, we have that beautiful monstrosity, which is really a testament. I, I look, my preface here, Brian Maggard is a phenomenal athletic director. I'm not just saying that because he's my boss. I love his direction. I love the people he's brought in. With that being said, that was a really, pardon my expression, ballsy move on Scott Farmer's part because it wasn't a revenue generator. It wasn't something you were putting together that would help to finance your athletic department. What it did was it, inc- it improved the, life, the, the, the quality of life for your student-athletes. It served the student-athletes first and not necessarily the, the community and the economy that would be driven by you know, a, a huge stadium that would be a 365-day-a-year revenue generator, you know? Helps with recruiting, though, doesn't it? Sure does, man. Dr. Troy Wingerter, our guest, Director of Football Operations, ESPN1420 and .com. So you've been here. How many years have you put in? You so, are football. You know, I got, I got County, playing, coaching, everything. Oh, over, over 30. 
You know, I got a thing the other day. He said, congratulations on your 20, 20th year. I'm like, well, I was the video. I was Darren Walker in 1990, in, in 2000. So that's 21 right there. Plus the four years as a graduate, I mean, three years as a graduate assistant and the one year of volunteering. So coaching's been 25 and then the five as a player. So there you go. 30. So three decades worth. Stokely, Baldwin, Bustle, Hud, and now Coach Nate. And to have an offseason like the one currently, we, we talked about the free youth showcase coming up Thursday. We'll revisit that in a minute. But um, right now, I mean, offseason workouts, the draft, everything kind of in full gear. What's the? How is the buzz different right now, Troy, than other years in the past when you're coming off of a season that I mean, you're ranked 15th in the country in the final polls? You know, that, it, that, it's hard to get a pulse because it's not – it's not the same year, you know. It, you know, not only did we not have the the ten deep people at Cajun Walk to be able to get that feeling as you're working through the year. Not only did we not have a stadium that, well, it's never really full, but you know, that, that, that shows you know shows the support that you normally have. Um, you had a socially distanced stadium. That's exactly right. And then take that, and and if you think about it, even the months of January and February and March, for that matter, you know, we were still pretty muted by. By by the by the by the virus, so you never got a chance. I, I experienced that with with Mark with Coach Hud. You know there were these waves that you would get after a big season, especially like after the thirteen season, which I would I would equate, you know, as close as possible to the thirteen season. What we did this year with the conference championship, and with uh, and, and and a big bowl win, um, but that season you were able to see that wave happen and how people just kind of flocked and became part. Where it's it's it's. It could be better. I hate to say it that way, but it could be better. You know, uh, I think we've been a little out of sight, out of mind for the last uh, for the last year, and 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 I'd love to see that change. You know, I, you know, we're in more than ever. This wasn't my topic of conversation when I came in here, but more than ever, we are in dire need of support. You know, uh, right now the university is doing a phenomenal job of figuring out how to how to make things work after a covid year how to make things work financially after a covid year and there's some constraints that everybody has with that and we're trying to work through that as an athletic department as a university uh, but all that being said now more than ever financially football needs some help you know we have some great donors out there that have that have, have always given us you know um, given to us without any question they've, they've been great people but as we move forward, there are a lot of things that are coming up that uh, we need some support with. And so if, if you're interested at all, please, the Quarterback Club is the greatest mechanism to give directly to student-athletes, whether it's the Quarterback Club is the mechanism that we use to put suits on their back. It's the mechanism we use to feed them. Suit up. Suit up. Uh, <laughs> that my, my compliance brain said, can I say that? Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a player. Right? There's no H-I-L on me, uh, N-I-L on me. So – with 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 all that being said, if you if you want to you want to be a part, you know, and there are a lot of great there's a lot of great um, uh, benefits that come with being in the quarterback club. But if you want to, if you're trying to find, figure out a way the best way to have an impact on our program and to have a direct effect on these players, you know, quarterback club's a way to go. And if you can get online, you can go to the RCAF website, a uh, function of the or an arm of the RCAF website. You can click on a one time gift or a recurring gift. Uh, it is a little fun. It is a little funky. You got to try to find a way to to click on restricted gifts, which is what we are. Uh, but you can click on quarterback club and give as much money as you like. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Uh, 
number 15 team in the country, opening the at Texas. Yep. I remember a game that I produced that you guys opened at Texas in 2005. Wasn't too, wasn't too good. Hey, you know, they weren't bad. You know, they were the national, they were the national champions that I remember, you know, I hadn't been, I had been working here for like, I don't know, a month or so. And it's like a line I always go back to when I tease Jay and I'm imitating Jay Walker. I'm like, never forget him coming in that next Monday. I have been covering the Cajuns for about 20 years now. And I got to tell you, look, again, that's the best team I've ever seen the Cajuns play. (laughs) (laughs) And granted, that was 16 years ago. Um, It doesn't, but how, how Texas has changed. UL has changed. You're going back to Austin in 2021, and right. a lot of you know network television. Yep, it's on Fox. We got a lot of that this year. You got a head coach that is one of the. It's it's weird when you use this term in sports, but one of the sexiest names out there. Yeah, not that the it, name, it is. not that you hear the name Billy, you're like, ooh, sexy. But everyone knows what I mean. Um, I've it, never seen it where we we have these these network. These network sportscasters who were, I call them that, that sound, sounds so hap glotty back in the WWL days. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we have these, all of these people who are wanting to get him on the show, you know, from Jim Rome to Marty McCree and all that. Pat McAfee. Yeah, that, 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 was that one too. That was fun. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a unique time. It certainly is. Like you said, to watch, to watch, especially for a guy like him, you know, and I, and, Please t- take the coaching piece out of it. He's one of the most phenomenal human beings I've ever been around in terms of doing it the right way all the time. You know, it's hard as a coach. I'm going to tell you, it's a, it's a gray world when you're in college coaching, and uh, there's nothing gray about Billy Napier. He is as good as they come. He, um, yeah, yeah, man. He's got this, I, I describe it as like this quiet fervor about college football. You know, like some are like, man, he, he seems somewhat reserved or this or that. It's like there is something inside, like his his love for college football. What I, what I can say about this, and I'm not I'm not I don't want to mention names of other coaches, or whatever. I've worked talked to a lot of different coaches. What I can tell you is that there are coaches that I talk to where it's like, you don't really mean that, or like that's you know you're getting coach speak. Correct, and and like to an extent, Billy will give coach speak at times in that he doesn't want to give a, a definitive answer about. But what I mean is he's not giving coach speak about the things that like the important things that matter in sort of coaching young men. If that makes sense, right? He might right. give you coach speak when it comes to a game plan or 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 a certain play call. Not all the time. Right, but I'm talking about the like real like state of the program. What matters to you about coaching young men? All of these things that, at the end of the day, are bigger than football. Never have I, never have I ever take a swig. Never have I ever um, <laughs> gotten that vibe. Or has he ever said anything to me that now a couple of years in, I'm like, yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah, no. Like it's 100 percent. Like mm-hmm. that's him. And and I and I mean that in the best way. It's funny, my son had a uh, his his sixth birthday party um, last month, early last month. Someone gave him a Billy Napier bobblehead. Of course, and I was like, this is funny. So I have a picture of him messing with it. And I saw I saw Billy at um, embarrasses him so much oh, too, big time. Golly. He was at like a restaurant. He was getting takeout for the family. 
my wife and I walked in, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he saw me. He's like, hey, Scott. We started talking. I was like, this is my wife, Liz. He's like, oh, how you doing? She's like, yeah, we got a, a bobblehead of you. And he just like lowered mm-hmm. his head. He's like, that thing's going to haunt me forever. You know, to, to kind of, to, kind of to, to, to totally echo what you're saying, as a general rule, and I mean general, I don't mean everybody's this way, the louder you are as a coach, the less you really have to say. If you're, you know, especially when it comes to pregame speeches, you know, we've had a chance through Doug to be able to really get a, people have gotten a chance to really get a view into what the locker room is like pregame by seeing some of those videos that Doug has put together. And generally speaking, when a coach is just getting loud and he's all frothing at the mouth, he normally has a lot less to say. You know, he's trying to motivate kids through, through, through visuals and out and, and, and volume as opposed to content. And that's the one thing I would have to say about coaches. You know, you don't hear him. He's not screaming. He's not throwing. I mean, what he's doing is what comes out of his mouth. The words he's using are the are, are what are the content that's that's driving our players and, and motivating our players. He, um, there was one game last season where the refs claimed he called a timeout that he didn't mm-hmm. that he didn't call, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I asked him about it the next day. I'm like, so when you get home, it was it was a game you guys won. It was a mm-hmm. big important. Game. I was like, yes. when you get home, what what are you know? What happens when, like, you hit the door when you see the kids? He's like, oh, they just want to play, right, whatever. He's like, although Annie, his daughter's like, she did get a pretty good kick out of me um, <laughs> yelling at the refs. <laughs> I was like, Coach, what did you tell him? He's like, I, you know, I, I said they didn't hear me. I was like, That's know, right. don't see you get that fired up too often in terms of screaming at the refs. That's it, when you know it's real, though. Well, he's the, normally, that's what he has hockey and I for, you know. Um, you know, it's, it was funny after that because you could tell – just by his body language, he was trying to explain that the, either the play clock should have been repushed or something to that effect, and he moved down quickly towards the official, and that's the official thought he was coming down to make a timeout, and, <laughs> and they were like, "Sorry, coach, timeout." He, he went you know, off. Little did we know that we would get, you know, that would be nothing compared to the App State debacle of 2020. Yeah. Yes. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. I won't say some of the things I've heard you tell officials on the sideline <laughs> in years past. Let's just say uh, if it wasn't in this, the context of the sport of football, it would feel a little different. But, you know, it's a game. It's part of the game. Absolutely. 42 after the hour. When we come back, going to talk to Troy about the draft that they had. How does that unfold, the draft within the program with the newcomers who have arrived on campus uh, last week? How are they looking? What phase are they in right now why it's important we'll circle back to the free use showcase they have coming up thursday is going to be all anywhere i'm scott that is dr troy winger the director of football operations for the welcome back into the great scott show the great sports callers open think tank the odb jay walker joins me at eight as he does each tuesday we'll talk ncaa baseball regionals a little terrible tune Tuesday, among other things. Troy Wingerter in now, Rage Occasion Director of Football Operations. The uh, newcomers arrived on campus. 33 newcomers last week. 17 scholarships, 16 walk-ons, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this draft that, that took place, was it yesterday? Yeah, the regiment draft was what, yesterday. What, what, what is detail what the regiment draft is and what kind of leads up to it? Sure, sure. So, you know, uh, Coach Napier, um, kind of feeling out the players on the, on, the, on the team, it was a little bit easier this year to come up with your your eighteen captains on your regiment draft. You know, typically they 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 involve your your leadership. You know, and it's a, a funny game. Sometimes it's just about that guy's a leader. Sometimes it's about putting a kid into a 
leadership role to make them be a little more responsible. So, you know, coach goes through, there's nine regiment teams. He goes through, we pick, um, so there's 18 leaders. And then, so the regiment draft starts with those guys picking their coaches. They pick their names, they pick their coaches. Uh, so, so each of them get, get a, a coach that is going to be like their, their leader, that and a quality control coach uh, to kind of help to steer them and help them get things done on the, in the back end. But the regiment was built to create a point system. It's a competition. You know, as you segue it from from off from the spring uh, and, and that pre- preparation time during spring, when you get to the summer, that's when you ramp up the competition aspect of things because it's a, it's a natural segue to go from there through fall camp and into the season. And so those regimen draft um, uh, points that you, that you acquire, it's a way to com- create competition, but it's also a way to create compliance a little bit, you know, from the standpoint of guys – doing what they're supposed to do. Um, the point system is based on, yes, it's based on uh, gains and, 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 and making at, making uh, gains in the athletic realm. But where it really gets interesting is, is when you lose points and gain points in the off the field aspects of things, you get extra points for community service. You get extra points for, for doing well in the classroom, but you also lose points for not being in the classroom and not doing the things you're supposed to do. So I say that because aside from the first pick, you know, Chandler Fields was the first one that was picked yesterday. Uh, he was the first pick of the regiment draft. Of course, it was done in, in, in full uh, New York style or Indianapolis style, whatever you want to call it now. Uh, Nashville, the, Vegas, one of those places. With the first pick of the yeah. 2020 draft. Uh, I forgot exactly what team he went to, but you know, Billy comes down, gives him a jersey, puts a hat on his head, you know. But uh, and then of course we had your contemporary, um, um, Mr. Moonwalker. I told him when when you call him um, when you call him uh, J. John Moonwalker, he sounds more like a country artist than he does. <laughs> you don't want to hear him sing, though. Trust me. <laughs> That's what we have terrible tune Tuesdays for. That's right. But um, you know, the, the, what was interesting was while Chandler went first, the next five picks were all walk-on guys. Really. They were all guys who some most of them have earned a scholarship, but they weren't signees. And I say that because those are the kind of guys that you you start your foundation with, you know, because you want to make sure that you're as much as it's about gaining points. The the biggest criteria is not losing points. So you know, you know, guys like Pat Mensa and, Dave, and David Hudson and, and 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 a lot of these walk on guys, they all went early, you know, because they know they're good dudes and they're going to always do the right thing and they're going to hold people accountable and they're going to. Work hard. So I, I, I found that part very interesting, and I think it's a testament to, to what the regimen's about. It's about getting your life in order. It's about, it's about honing in on the disciplines that you're going to need to carry you through the season and starting that in the summer. So they were, like, announcing – they were, like, analyzing each player as they were drafted? Absolutely. So who, who Jay or, and, and, and Bruner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty interesting. You know, I felt kind of bad for him because the, the audio level wasn't quite as high <laughs> – is is Bree? So Bree is the actual. She's the commissioner. You know, she's making the announcements on who took. But um, but but Jay and and Bruner are saying some quality stuff, man. But but you you could you could you could only hear them. I like they're saying quality stuff. I couldn't hear it. Well, it sounded like they were in this. Sounded like they were talking like this. Oh, you, you got know? it. You got to be loud. So, but uh, we worked on it. We got a little bit better in the end, so that you could hear them at the top of the at the top of the, uh, the top of the auditorium. But um, but it was it was a it, it's always interesting, and, and it's almost as interesting to see who people pick last. You know, we had a guy, and I'm not going to say who it is, we had a guy go last for the second year in a row, you know? So it, it's because sometimes people listen to what we say, 
and they hear what we say, and they think, oh, man, coach is just coming down on me. Coach is just being a jerk. When your peers say it, it's an entirely different animal. Right. You know? uh, I, I saw, it was former Cajun Lamarcus Gibson, I saw uh, on Twitter. He might have retweeted something the other day, but it was like, bad teams, players hate summer workouts. Good teams, coaches get players excited about summer workouts. Great teams, players lead summer workouts. Right. Right? There's a big difference there. Area's huge, you know, and, and that's what that's what you get. What's what you, what you get when you have seven guys come back from last year. When you got a guy like Levi Lewis, a guy you know, a guy who who is a great leader, commands respect. Uh, guys like Farad Gardner, you know, who 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 and Ken Marks. These guys are Ken Marks is in his seventh year. Yeah, yeah. He's challenging he Justin Venable. Or, yes, it's exactly. Wild, dude, <laughs> it's wild. Mm-hmm. So. You know, th- these guys bring a level of co- a level of expectation with them and what they do on the field, you know, and, and getting them to step up and continue. Look, you did it last year. You didn't know you were going to get an extra year back in the spring. So let's, you know, as we're moving forward here, you've gotten that extra year. You've got you've to hold, hold the guys that you're playing with to a different level. And I think it'll be really good for those freshmen that are coming in. All right. I don't have time to talk about a ton of players, but Chris Smith, I, I feel like he is – um, I feel like he's set for a really big season. The 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 lineage of running backs that the Rage of Cajun program has produced, you could go way back, but let's just look at recent years. NFL caliber running backs. I I look at Chris Smith and see that kind of talent in him. Yeah, you know he's a he's a special kid. He's incredibly fast. He has done. He has changed his body type from last year from being that third down back from being the, the the return guy that he was last year. He's really put some extra time into into putting some good quality weight on to be able to be that every down back like we got out of uh, Trey and out of out of Eli, you know. And he's a great kid. He really is a a, a good um country kid. I hate to call I lo- him. That, no, I is, love I love know? to hear him talk. He yeah. he has the, that Mississippi accent. He There's does. something about it. I'm like, I could just ask this guy a question about fishing and just I just want to hear him talk. You know, he's one of those. I want to hear him read a, like a John Grisham <laughs> novel. I'm serious. <laughs> it was the best of times. No, no. I guess that was more Morgan Freeman. Sorry. Um, does but, not sound like Morgan Freeman. No, he does not at all. But he, uh, you although know, a, a Mississippi native. So, yes. Hey, all right. Yes. They have that in common. He, you know, we were looking. He did his internship. He said he wanted to do an agriculture. You know, his, his, his family raises cattle back home, and that's what he wanted to do. And so I, it was hard for me to kind of find. I know you know we have, you know a couple of donors that do cattle, but you know I really wanted him to kind of come to 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 kind of relate with somebody. And Eddie Lewis, Eddie's a sugarcane farmer uh, locally, uh, great guy, gives back to the community is quite a, quite a bit, and he's a community leader more importantly. And so for me, it was really important that that Chris have an opportunity to meet with Eddie and 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 see what you know what his responsibilities not just on in the in the field or on the range. <laughs> <laughs> cattle range, <laughs> oh, the range of Mississippi. Um, but to see that he's when he gets home, you know, after his NFL career, he's going to need to realize what 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 goes into being a great leader in your community. You know, good stuff. Troy Wingerter has been our guest, director of football operations. Circling back before we let you run, Troy. Uh, there is a youth showcase. Yes, the youth showcase is on Thursday. Uh, registration will begin at four o'clock. Again, it is free to the public. We're encouraging. Uh, parents to come. It, it won't last all day, you know, so you're talking about from 4 to about 5.30. Uh, drop your kid off at 4, get them registered, uh, go grab a cup of coffee and come on back. They'll be down on the game field by 5 p.m. 
and uh, and and that way uh, the, the kids can kind of roam through with our staff and, and with Coach Nape, uh, get a chance to see the facility, and then we'll take them down the field to hang out with our players. Yeah, it'll be um, again registration and for. Uh, between second and eighth grade is the age range yeah. there, although you do lean a little bit more toward the younger side. Correct. Drop your kids off. Like you said, go come back. Uh, registration at four, absolutely free. They get to tour the facility, run out on the field, and uh, get to see some behind-the-scenes stuff for the uh, team that finished ranked 15th in the country last year and had bigger goals set this season. Troy, look forward to talking to you again probably sometime in the next month or two. I know as we get closer – to uh, to opening kickoff in Austin, but uh, it's always great catching up, brother. Hey, you too. Thanks, Scott. That's Dr. Troy Wingerder. We'll be back. Jay Walker will be in the studio. The opinionated, diverse Birdman, ODB. I have been covering the Cajuns for about 70 years now. In studio with me. Looking forward to chatting with him. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN1420 and .com.